What's up, guys? So I'm back with another episode of the Uncomfortably Reborn African. Man, this week has been amazing. Um, I am in a speakers program, and I recently went to a meetup to, you know, kind of just work on delivering my message. As you guys have heard throughout this podcast, I've I've been through some things, um, but you know, through God, I'm here, and. I believe through my story, there's so many people out there that can benefit somebody like I want to be the example of what you can come through and also be the example like to stop it from happening. Like so much happened to me as a young girl that I want to reach young girls to stop or not want to even stop. I will say prevent them to hopefully prevent them from making the same mistakes or for them to kind of understand what they're going through because A lot of them don't have access to the information or they don't have someone at home to talk to. They don't have those things. So I want to be the one to educate them and help them through that because it's real. So on today's episode, I want to kind of like get into my suicide attempt. When I was 14 years old, uh, my, my freshman year in high school, I attempted suicide. So when you hear these stories of elementary school kids and you know, middle school kids and people are like, they're so young. Like, what, what, how, how do they know? They, it's real. They have emotions. And yes, at that age, they might not understand like the depth and understand like as an adult, we get, you know, we get to a point of clarity or we should get to a point of clarity where we know like, oh, it's not that deep or this is how you manage your emotions. But a lot of kids don't know that. And sometimes like me, I'm a parent. Sometimes we get so caught up in life and everything going on. You don't even realize it's happening. I'm pretty sure my parents did not know I was being bullied every day, every single day. I They didn't know that. By the time they got home, got, you know, bedtime, I didn't, you know, it was bedtime. You know, they were immigrant immigrants and they were grinding and trying to make a living for us in the U.S. But I was being bullied every day. It was taxing on me mentally. And then my brother was being bullied because he was in special education. I had to be his protector. So it was layers to it. And it just, it just caught up to me in high school and I attempted suicide. So I want to just tell you my story a little bit. And, you know, hopefully again, with every story that I'm sharing, my goal is to reach women, reach young girls to be like, you can get through it. There are a lot of people who share that story. There are a lot of people who are going through ups and downs, but I really want to be the person that can support young girls in working through their emotions to maintaining their confidence and embracing differences. Just because I come from another country does not mean that you need to treat me different. We need to be able to look at, look at each other, all our differences and embrace it and just get to know one another and just having that conversation. You don't, I don't have to be a carbon copy of you in order for me to fit in. And a lot of these young girls with social media, with so many things going on and the access they have, they, they need that additional support. So, you know, my transparency is important on this podcast and I really, really hope, um, that I can continue to share my story to hopefully impact our communities. Stay tuned. Okay. So, um, Again, like I shared before, I'm West African. I came from Sierra Leone, Freetown. And I transitioned to 
um, Virginia. So Virginia, me and my mom and my brother and my father stayed back. Um, we moved to Virginia and that was like my first test, you know, I'm sorry, excuse me, taste of America. And I really didn't have a bad time there. But the interesting part is when I left, um, the predominantly predominantly white area and transitioned into the black neighborhood, I started being teased on like day one, which is, again, it was weird to me. Like I was like really excited because in Virginia, it was like, you know, the population was more Caucasian. Like even the school I went to, it was, it wasn't too many black kids. So when I transitioned to a school and I'm like, oh, people look like me. Like I noticed that at that age, that's the school. Like I got bullied like crazy. You know, which for me was like, yo, this is different. They look like me, but they're teasing me. Um, But it was bad. Like, I was that quote-unquote bullying situation you see in movies. Like, I would get on the bus and I would be like, you know, looking to sit down and people will move their bags in like a spot or they'll scoot over. Or, you know, it got to a point where I would sit down and someone would literally like scoot all the way over to the end of the seat. And I would have to sit at the edge of the seat, like literally my little, like maybe like one little, little piece of me on the seat. It was bad. And sometimes I think about like the bus driver, like, yo, like, what well, you ain't gonna say nothing, but I would go on the bus and people would chant stuff at me. Um, it was bad. It was really bad. And I had bullies. I had a bully, a, a bully in every phase, like from between from eighth grade to probably my sophomore year in high school, there was some type of bully I had. Um, And it was emotionally taxing to go in and literally be teased day in and day out. Like my classroom would like make barking noise at me. They called me like a bulldog. It was just bad. And and I remember one time specifically, um, one of the kids was messing with me. So I said something to him. And of course, in, in most stories, I get kicked out the class. So I'm like, oh, she told me to step out the classroom. So I'm standing there and I hear her be like, she was, she said to them, why y'all always messing with her? And there, when, when, when did this boy, this boy named Greg, I remember your name, Greg, you teasing, teasing little man. He was like, cause she's a bulldog. And then the whole class, he starts barking and then the whole class joins him. And I'm like standing at the other side and you hear the teacher giggle a little bit. And it's like, yo, like you see, it's like if you were to picture it, I'm standing at the door hearing this and I just like literally feel my body just caving in and I just walk away. And in middle school, the bathroom became like the bathroom stall became like my little exit. Like that used to be like my way of kind of like getting my, like I would talk to myself in the bathroom in my head and be like, okay, it's going to be all right. Like to, to, to literally like just get through the day. That was like my escape to kind of hide. So when I got to high school, um, that's when I really, really became a follower. I really was like, okay, let me start trying to fit in. Like it probably started kicking off in middle school. But when I got to high school, it was really like, okay, I'm gonna be a follower because I just want to be accepted. I wanted some group of friends, someone to accept me because even the friends I had, I would be like the outsider in the group or within that group. I remember like I hung out with this group of girls, but the like ringleader, she was like the bully. So although I was a part of the group, she still was kind of like shaded me a lot. But I just wanted, I just wanted friends. Like, can someone accept me? And of course the people that ended up accepting me were the girls that were skipping school and acting a fool. 
So I was with that crowd. We were skipping school. You know, we were skipping class. I wasn't really paying attention. I did because I, I saw it. I wanted to be a part of a group and a part of, I just wanted to have friends so bad. So if I had an opportunity, oh, we skip a school. Oh, okay. I, I'll go because that was my opportunity to like link up with someone. So it got bad. And like, literally I got my report card that first semester and I got like a 0.4 GPA, like 0.4. It was bad. And of course, you know, I had to go home with that. And, you know, I had strict African parents. So wah, 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 pop, wah, pop, pop. that's the sound of the bell. Wah, pop, pop. You know, that was the kind of attitude. And, you know, I grew up with, you know, and a lot of foreign, foreign parents or foreign children understand, like your parents are like, I brought you to the U.S. to get an education. Like, it's all about the education. Shut up, get it done. It ain't about all these emotions. Like, get your education. I don't want to hear, hear nothing. Like, you could be getting help with homework and you're not answering a question right and it'll be like are are you stupid like you know are you it'll be like yo you're stressing me right now but it's like the the homework session is is real because they're like what in the world like it's intense it's not patient it's not calm it's kind of like you should know this so the pressure was on so to come home with a 0.4 GPA was like a disgrace like how dare you disgrace me with this with this GPA so but I continued to be a follower and it was to the point where my mom was coming to my school to make sure I was in class like she would just pop up it was so embarrassing I remember she like roughed me up in the hallway <laughs> I was skipping school and it was to the point where all the administrators knew my name you know you bad when all the administrators are like uh Aisha they call me Aisha my name is really Aisha but Aisha they all knew my name. So it was no skipping school. My mom was in the building because she wanted to make sure I took care of it. But all that stuff was causing stress in my household because my father, you know, you're bringing shame to our name. You're supposed to be doing your thing. Um, so things just got in the head. Like I was hanging out with some friends. I, I was gone for like, I literally, it was so bad. There was a time where I, I hung out with my friends and we we went out to Virginia somewhere. I was in Maryland this time, so I transitioned from Virginia to Maryland. Um, so you know, we went out to go hang out with some boys in Virginia, and um, one night turned turned into a week. Like, and I was so afraid to be like, "Oh, let's go home," that I just was like, "Okay." And and it, they weren't necessarily the right kind of friends to hang out with because. I was so afraid of them and I was such a follower. I didn't want I didn't want to speak up to myself. So when we stayed away, we were gone that first night, it was kind of like I knew like, oh my gosh. And then the second night passed and it was like, okay, I got kind of like talk myself and be like, okay, well, it is what it is. We're here. But deep down inside, I'm like, oh my gosh. And just imagine my parents, what they're going through at home when your child is gone like leaves to go to school and never comes home for literally a week. They had they had called the police all that and I remember one time I ended up like well it was stupid of me but I called home because I had I wasn't home and of course they tracked the number they figured out where I was at and they ended up calling back the police and they were like you guys need to go back home but it was it was just stupid like it was just stupid just being with the wrong crowd um so this particular time you know I went back home and my parents were like you know they gave me the talk I probably got a pop 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 beaten um and I had just been putting through them through a lot that that um, that year, and my sisters they had it. Sorry, sisters, but I'ma tell on y'all. But they like came in there and they jumped me. Wop pop pop pop. They went there and they're like just, they just karate kicked and beat me up. 
I had just got some fresh braids. They cut my braids. They were like, you don't deserve it. You putting our parents through so much. And they, you know, I deserved it. I deserved it in that moment because I can understand. I can, I can only imagine what my mom was going through. Again, when your child is gone for an entire week and you don't hear from her and come to find out she out there hanging out with her homegirls. So that night I just had it. Like I, I just, I felt like, I felt like the world was caving in at that time. I felt like the world was caving in on me. So there were some pills convenient, conveniently placed that were on the counter and I just grabbed them and I like just threw, I just basically threw them the whole pill bottle back. I just tossed it back. The next thing I know, I was like in and out of conscience, conscience, consciousness, excuse me, I can't say the word. And I was in a, I was, um, put into a hospital. And of course there's a certain level in the hospital. I don't know if all hospitals are set up like this, but I was in like that, you know, I guess mental health section of the hospital. And I spent, you know, a few days there going to see a psychologist. We had groups and conversations and there were other kids in there that attempted suicide. There were other people who had mental health issues there. Um, and the intent was to kind of like rehab us. And, you know, I, I eventually got discharged and I went back to being a follower, but that was when I, I just thought I had enough, like with the bullying, with everything, my self-esteem was shot. I just, I just wanted to feel loved. I just wanted to be accepted. So again, like, even though as adults, even though as parents, they might be like, y'all, you know, you, you kids don't really know how to feel or what life is or what to be stressed about. Regardless of how mature they are in that space, they feel like I felt like my life meant nothing. Like I would literally sit with the psychologist day in and day out and I would say, I hate myself. I wish I was dead. I would say that and that would be the end of the conversation. Like communication and expressing my feelings was nothing. It was not something that I learned growing up. It was, it was kind of like, you know, you just kept everything in. We keep things in. And by me holding it in and didn't have like an escape, me not having anyone I felt like I can confide in, me not knowing how to manage these emotions just snowballed into where I thought my life didn't mean anything for a while. Even when I left, like I was on Zoloft, I was on depression medicine. But for some time, I did not know, like I just didn't, I had very low self-esteem. And although I, and when I went back, I went right back to following. And it wasn't until my parents decided to transfer me to another school and I moved in with my sister that I got away from that environment and everything changed for me. I gained confidence. I was in a program that was, you know, something that was really special for that, um, that for that county. And it really just got me excited. So, um, and you know, academics was actually a strong suit of mine, but again, I was so busy trying to be a follower and have friends that I was sacrificing my academics. But when I like got into academics, I was good. I was, you know, I went from that 0.4 GPA to that honor roll student. So I empathize with children, with young kids who do that, because again, although you guys feel like, oh, y'all don't know what it's like you know, they don't know what adulthood is and adulting, but they, there's still a space that in that moment you feel like the world is caving in on you and you decide to possibly end your life. And thank God I, I survived. Um, but I remember while I was there, a girl was rushed in who took pills and they had to pump her stomach and she almost died. Like I was amongst people who attempted suicide and we were all kids we were all young everyone there was 16 and under there might have been a couple couple people there that were older but everyone there were pretty much young so what's happening and with social media and with all these things that 
kids have access to, it's real. So, again, my goal now is just to kind of, like, educate kids and really talk about, like, accepting differences, accepting who you are, accepting if someone is African, like, it shouldn't be like, yo, you're weird, you're different. We don't like you, let's tease you. Like, what is it that you're seeing in me that you want to say, I'm going to bully this person and really trying to like get to the root of that and embracing differences. I mean, Black Panther may be an African cool, like it's hot now. And I joke and I say like, I bet you all the African kids is popping right now. But in the past, it wasn't cool. Most foreign kids, I guarantee you, go and ask someone that came from another country here or someone that might be another ethnicity or just ask them, like, have you ever been bullied? And I guarantee you, a lot of us have that same story, especially Africans. Like all my African people that I know, they African booty scratcher. They know like the little terms that people used to say. And it's like, what about me is so different that you feel like? I I just deserve to be destroyed verbally or beat up. Like, what is it? And getting into that root cause of that, I think that's extremely important because um, these children out here feeling like their life doesn't mean anything and actually pouring into them to know that their life has value. Their lives mean something. Like, there are people that I've encountered or people that have came into my life that I like I needed to encounter them like I needed to like my, my life serves a purpose and everyone's life serves a purpose and if we can really reach these children and show them that and give them a blueprint of that that would hopefully hopefully minimize these uh, suicide attempts so that's my story and um, yeah it was an interesting journey there are la- more layers to my story that I will be sharing but it, it it was it was definitely an experience that taught me a lot. So if I was going to give, um, if I was talking to a young girl and I was to give three takeaways from my attempt of suicide, um, the first thing is. Words are powerful. So like if I was to speak to a bully or someone that is um, bullying someone, like your words are powerful. Like your words can literally take life. And even though it might not like reach to the point of someone attempting suicide, like it's taken away like that joy, that, that happiness. When you get to the point where you dread going to school, like I used to dread going to school. Like I just hated the thought of getting up and going. I got anxiety before I went to school and that bathroom stall was my escape. So, you know, words are powerful. You really have to watch what you say and really realize like the power of your voice and what can that be doing to someone. So if you were to flip that and say, okay, I'm going to speak life into someone, that will be what you're saying, positive words. Don't speak death into someone, speak life. So It's funny when I really think about it now, I think the reason why I'll compliment or I'll say nice things to people is because making someone smile and making them feel happy is like awesome. You can, you don't know what kind of day that person is having. So if you can make them laugh, if you can bring joy to them, that kind of hopefully gives them like a little shift for that short time. But when you're speaking death and you're bringing someone down and you're making them feel like they're less than, or they have to be a certain way, just because they're not like you, they don't dress like you. Like me as an immigrant, You know, I I try to educate people and say, if you really think about it, like I didn't choose to come to the U.S. My parents are an opportunity for a future for me. 
but they have to rebuild. So when they decide to come to another country to rebuild, that means that they have to start from scratch. That means monetarily they don't have access to everything. So I might not have, I might have to dress from the Walmart line. I might not have all the hot items, but that is because, you know, they're on a track of rebuilding. And some people don't know that, you know, a lot of people don't realize that child that might not, you know, be an immigrant, but they might live and like their parents might be in a low income situation. Like they don't, we don't, as a child, you don't choose your parents. You don't choose your situation. You know, you're born into it and you're just trying to adjust to it. So don't speak death into someone, speak life, positive words. And also the second thing is like being different is cool. Like why does Black Panther have to come out in order for Africans to be cool now? Like, why does a movie have to come out? So if a movie comes out about a nerdy kid or nerds all of a sudden going to be popular, or if a movie comes out about a child that might like dress or like gothic, a gothic look, is it, are they going to be cool now? Like, embrace people's differences. Some people express themselves differently, or you never know what might be going on in that person's life that they might be dressing like that or looking that way. But like, take time to get to know someone. Being, just because someone might not be a carbon copy like you or dress a certain like you, certain way that you do or talk like you, like there's a reason for that. And it's okay to be different. If you look at all the celebrities and you look at all these people that have reached a certain level, they all have differences. They're not all alike. Beyonce and Nicki Minaj ain't the same. You can't compare a lot of these artists or a lot of these rappers. Well, some of them are pretty similar, but there's still some type of differences, you know, and you can listen to like, if you want to talk about a hip hop artist, you can listen to the certain rappers where you're like, okay, you sound just like this dude. It's, it's that, it's that followership. But then there are artists and there are singers that have decided to embrace their differences and put out music based off of what they like. So let's learn how to embrace our differences. Again, speak life, not death. And being different is okay. Get to know that person. And then finally, for anyone that's dealing with it, like sometimes you have to change your environment. And again, if 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 it means that your parents have to put you in a new school, then that that's what it is. But sometimes changing your environment might be like seeking like people that are like you. You don't have to be a follower. You don't have to try to attempt to be what everyone else is or what you think everyone should be in order to fit in. Get with that group. Get with those people that are like you. There are people out there that have similarities, similarities than you. And if it's social media that's bringing down, like I tell, um, you know, I'm telling kids now, like, go to social media and search that special gift that you have. It's not weird. It's not a quirk. If someone says what you're doing is weird, it's not weird. Everyone has different gifts and likes. I guarantee if you go to YouTube, if you go to Instagram and just put in hashtag plays the flute, I guarantee you're going to find a bunch of kids or a bunch of people out there that play the flute or play that instrument or say you're extremely flexible. So you might say, okay, flexible people. I guarantee you're going to find people out there that's like you. So find your community. Find those people that are like you. You don't have to be a carbon copy of someone to fit in. So like you can tie changing your environment and not being a follower and finding your community all in one. And I think that'll really really that will really help in hopefully like you realizing like you don't have to like you are meaningful there are people out there that um need you around like even when I think now like my life was saved for me to be able to give you a message like that I lived so I can be able to say like this is what happened to me and this is what you can do what this is what you can hopefully do to help your transition 
transition easier. There's always an outlet. There's so many... The great thing about social media and and the internet age, there's so many communities out there that are looking to support you. So even if you feel alone, go online, go on Facebook and look up a group that is called anti-bullying or look up a group that says, you know, support for high school kids, whatever it is, they're out there. You know, and again, I'm talking to the youth right now and for, you know, for the parents or for, you know the adults that are listening or whomever it's like this is this stuff is happening this is the real real of what's going on in these communities this is the real real that's going on in in schools you know I looked up something recently in the San Antonio area that I live and it was at least two stories recently that two kids attempted suicide as early as October and they both passed away and one of them was in elementary school I believe yeah, there was an elementary school. So you see these babies attempting, like, attempting suicide. So it's real. So be present to, like, be around your loved ones. If you're a parent, like, be present. Um, like I posted on my IG, be present, be there. Like, I know sometimes our worlds and we get busy and things, you know, we get tied up in so many things. But our kids are so important. They're feeling out here like they're alone. Make time for them. Take a day off or spend an hour just being present and talking to them. You know, thank God for my parents grinding to get me what I needed. But I just needed like someone there. They really did not know the levels of depression I was in until it got to the point. It wasn't until they they had to sit down with me in the section of the hospital to hear that, oh, my gosh, my child like hates herself. That was the first time they heard me say, I hate myself. I wish I was dead. So the goal is for it not to get to that point. The goal is for it to get to the point where. We can communicate, have a better relationship, and also um, teaching our kids to accept other kids and their differences and making them understand how powerful their words are and how they treat others. So speak life, not death. Get around those like-minded people. Find your community and change your environment if necessary. So as I was preparing this message, the thing that really popped out to me is your words. Are your words speaking life or death into those around you? Um, And this can apply to anyone. It doesn't have to necessarily apply to, you know, um, a situation where a child is being bullied. But for you, as again, most of the listeners that are listening are typically adults. But are your words speaking life or speaking death? So I want to challenge you this week. Make every day intentional. Make a day, every day a day where you can say at least one nice thing to somebody. It could be a family member. It could be your child. It could be even yourself. Speak life to yourself. Sometimes we speak death to ourselves. So your words are powerful and you never know if it's chipping away at someone's spirit or if it's just like adding that joy, those fruits of the spirit. So I challenge you, speak life, not death, because you never know how your words are impacting yourself or how your words are impacting others. Y'all stay tuned for our next episode. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for making time to listen to me today. God bless.